Step inside my parlor, said the spider to the fly. You're listening to Know the Lore. everybody thanks again for listening to know the lore overwatch edition my name's chris aka sled nerd last week i was talking about winston and tracer and mentioned tracer having a couple run-ins with a particular character named widowmaker one was successful and she was able to stop widowmaker and reaper from sealing the doomfist the other mission was not so successful and had huge ramifications for the world of overwatch so i feel it's time we finally get into widowmaker's super creepy backstory Let's do it. Alright, so Amelie Lacroix was never involved in Overwatch. She was not an assassin. She wasn't a spy. She didn't really have any training whatsoever. Her only involvement in this whole world came in the form of her husband, Gerard Lacroix, who was a member of Overwatch and in charge of the task force that was launching operations against the terrorist group known as Talon. Talon had sent operatives, conducted ambushes, but each assassination attempt against Agent Lacroix failed. Eventually, they came up with a sinister plan to get Gerard once and for all. They kidnapped his wife, Amelie. After some time, she was recovered by Overwatch agents, and despite her ordeal, was relatively unharmed. Gerard took his poor sweet wife back home, and two weeks later, she killed him in his sleep. When Amelie was taken by Talon, they changed her, broke her mentally, Everything about her was destroyed and replaced by extreme neural reprogramming. All emotion was wiped and she became the perfect sleeper agent to take out their biggest obstacle. Thus, Widowmaker was born, and ironically, the first Widow she made was herself. After her mission was completed, she returned back to her handlers in Talon to undergo even more changes. She received intense physical conditioning and training in covert operations. They even went as far to experiment on her physically, able to permanently lower and stabilize her heart rate, giving her steadier aim. As a result, her skin took on the bluish tint and cold touch of a corpse. Widowmaker became the perfect living weapon, if you can call it living. In what might be one of my favorite Overwatch animated shorts, Alive, we are treated to a narrative where Widowmaker begins talking about how, as a girl, she was afraid of spiders because they felt no emotion. By the end of the short, she explains that the idea of no emotion is untrue, because at the moment she pulls the trigger, she never feels more alive, indicating the pleasure that she takes from killing. As if that revelation wasn't enough, the person she assassinates during the animation is Takartha Mandata, the Shambhali leader that's been traveling the world preaching peace between humans and Omnics. This has taken place during a time where another Omnic crisis has started and already thrown Russia into complete turmoil. Violence by humans against peaceful Omnics is at an all-time high, and Mandata is seen as possibly the only figure that can not only heal the world, but basically hold things together so it doesn't get worse. With one twitch of a finger, Widowmaker eliminated what many living in this world see as the only hope left. Now, not to say there isn't any coming back from that, but Blizzard does love a good redemption story. Do they plan on redemption for Widowmaker? I don't know, probably not, but would it be possible? Before I continue, I just want you to think for a moment to yourself, do you believe there's anything left of Amelie Lacroix? The answer is a very surprising yes. 
As if her story isn't tragic enough, there is in-game dialogue that's extremely hard to catch, but it does exist. If Widowmaker dies and is resurrected by Mercy, she will sometimes quickly call out for her husband Gerard, and mourn the fact that she is still alive instead of dead with him. In my opinion, this makes Widowmaker's story the most heartbreaking of all the playable characters so far. However, as always, I'm here to talk about at least two characters, and I'm ready to move on to our other frosty female, May. Admittedly, May is the character that I knew the least about before I started this podcast. In fact, I knew next to nothing about her, which is a shame because if you play her, you know she has an extremely distinct personality and you can't help but love that part of her. Perhaps the reason that I never took that much time to learn about her is because, gameplay-wise, she might be the most annoying character ever. If you play against her, she's running around and freezing you, driving you insane, and if she's on your team, it can be even worse as I talked about in the last episode, where you lose the match because May threw out an ice wall that separated the healer from the rest of the group at a critical moment. So basically, with great May comes great responsibility. Play her wisely, don't get cocky kid, etc, etc. In fact, before I get started, I have to tell you a story about a game that I once played, and then I promise I will get back to the lore. On the escort map Dorado, I was on the attacking team, so we were trying to push the payload. The defending team, trying to keep us from pushing the payload, were all May. Every single one of them was May. So we were constantly being frozen. They literally just took turns spamming ice wall in front of us over and over and over. We literally reached almost every checkpoint on overtime, for, and not just for a little bit, for several minutes. But man, we fought so hard for every inch of that map, and I think it was the last 10 minutes or so of the match, and I don't know how long we were in overtime at the very last point. It felt like at least 10 minutes, just moving that payload every half a meter or so every couple minutes. And I gotta give it to the Symmetra on our team, because we wouldn't have made any of the checkpoints if she hadn't been on those portals. But I was playing Junkrat in this game, trying to keep those walls clear and take out all of the maze as fast as possible before they could freeze themselves and heal. At the very end, I finally got a well-placed rip tire in there and blew them all to hell, and my team pushed the payload for like an eighth of a meter to win the game. That was hands down one of the most frustrating matches I have ever played, and so I just had to share that with you. So now you know where I'm coming from when I'm like, May is annoying. Okay, so May. Like Winston and Tracer, May is one of those second-generation Overwatch heroes that came after the Omnic Crisis had ended, and they started expanding into other areas. The planet at this time was facing another crisis which we can really empathize with, and that was global climate change. The world had begun experiencing all kinds of strange weather phenomena, many of which were blamed on industry and technology, but the truth is, no one really knew why it was occurring. So Overwatch assembled a team of special scientists to combat and solve this escalating problem by placing them in research stations around the world. So Mei Ling Zhou was one of these climate change specialists stationed at Watchpoint Antarctica. Mei was already a renowned climatologist from China who had produced state-of-the-art climate manipulation technology in high-risk areas all over parts of Asia. However, while serving at Watchpoint Antarctica, a massive polar storm struck the facility and cut off communication to Overwatch and the rest of the world. With the station severely damaged and the supplies running too low to sustain the survivors for any longer, the scientists entered cryostasis chambers, freezing themselves until they could be rescued. It wasn't until several years later that the chambers were able to be located and the scientists thawed. May was unfortunately the only survivor. 
And as if that guilt wasn't bad enough, she quickly learned that during the years she was frozen, Overwatch was disbanded and no longer existed, and the climate phenomena had only gotten worse. She developed a small AI drone named Snowball that utilized some of the climate manipulation technology she was known for, and together they began traveling the world to seek understanding and heal the world's ecosystem. Although Overwatch was no more, it seems that she still kept in touch with some of the agents from time to time, specifically Tracer and her close friend Winston, who convinced her to keep a diary of her travels and experiences that she calls Maze Adventures. You can find a few excerpts on Blizzard's Overwatch website which detail where she's going and the different gear she's working on or testing, but more importantly, it details her personality, which paints the picture of a good-natured woman who's prone to silly accidents and embarrassing herself, who gets nervous but has passion for what she does, and is unapologetically nerdy about saving the Earth. This episode catches us up with both Widowmaker and May at the time of the game, and I told you guys my story about the all-May match and, and thought it was unbelievably frustrating at the time. Now when I look back, I think it's hilarious and I love to tell people about it. I've actually seen lots of really funny situations in-game, but I'd like to hear about yours. So if you want to send a message to ktl at nerdslot.com, or if you don't need a whole email and can get it into 150 characters or less, you can tweet me at slurnerd. I'm also on the PlayStation Network using the same handle. As I mentioned before, I casually play Overwatch, and even competitive, I, I'm not a high rating, I'm in the silver group, so, you know, pretty run-of-the-mill, but if you just want to hang out, have some fun, go ahead and add me, and then send me a message, and so I know who you are, and we can play a game together. So, speaking of funny Overwatch moments, go to YouTube and find the channel called Overwatch Highlights. They have a playlist called Overwatch WTF Moments, and at the moment I'm recording this, there's 14 episodes. And I will re-watch these constantly because it's got some of the funniest moments from Overwatch. The person that edits them puts in all these sound effects and just does a great job. And it is so funny. I could seriously watch these things just all day. And sometimes I kind of do when I'm bored. So anyway, check that out. Give them a shout out. And if you have funny moments, you should send it to them because maybe they'll include it, which would be super awesome. That's it for now. Next week, we're going to switch it up, and instead of talking about two ladies, we're going to talk about a couple of bros. Literal bros. If you know the game, then you know where this is going. Make sure to catch that next episode, and as always, thank you for listening, and remember, every day is a new adventure. Chris here. If you enjoy the show, please rate, like, subscribe, comment, or share, as every little bit you do helps the show. Know the lore is recorded and produced by NerdSloth. More episodes can be found at nerdsloth.com along with our other awesomely nerdy shows. Search for Nerdsloth on social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Music heard during the show is the Overwatch Victory theme remixed by DJ Efficia. Go to efficia.com to hear more. I'm